What's going on, people out there? This is... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Every time I do the intros, you're like, like, like waiting to laugh and it distracts me. I'm sorry. Look away. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm anticipating it too much. Mm. Okay, let's try this again. Three, two... One. <laughs> Can't go. What was funny that time? <laughs> no idea. Okay. <laughs> you know, we should like, I should, uh, at the beginning of this podcast, I should play the Evanescence song. <laughs> I mean, we're at a point where we're not going to get sued for it, so. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I agree. Oh. All right. Not the whole song. No, so just, the, want to just the just the chorus. That'll be the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Right. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Flackjack Productions. This is going to be a little bit different uh, episode of the podcast. Well, we kind of did one before uh, for Swallow, Swallow and Joker, but this is a review discussion of Daredevil, two thousand three. Yes. Ben it, Affleck. It has been at least 10 years since I saw the original. And we didn't just watch Daredevil, we watched the director's cut. Yeah. So, I know me and you were talking before we did this, and you didn't think there would be too much different. And there actually was. It is, like, surprising. Like, there was a whole extra subplot put into the movie. Mm -hmm. It felt like the way Batman vs. Superman felt, except... The movie made sense without it as well. Yeah, I mean, for for a while there, it didn't seem like that extra plot needed to be there. Yeah. Until all of a sudden, it's like, this is how it's connected. Until he destroyed that car. Yeah, he destroyed <laughs> that car. Some dude who just came out of the strip club. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, well, let's talk about your favorite uh, part of the movie real quick. Okay. <laughs> Hands down, my favorite part of the movie. I'm waiting for it. Matt Murdock's dad's chin. <laughs> I knew it was coming. He has a super defined chin. The butt chin. He has a Batman chin. Yes. Like, and I, I know I said this during the movie, but like, while I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think it would have been like a cool nod to put uh, that guy, David Keith, at the beginning of uh, Batman vs. Superman as Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Just as like a little haha. Even though mm -hmm. I think he's probably way too old now. You know, like, not only that, but there's a lot of things in this movie that kind of, like, almost, I think, unintentionally, like, prepared him to be Batman. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it definitely looks like the movie was entirely the script's fault and not his. He tried. Oh, he definitely tried. <laughs> but the bad red hair dye, and it was so inconsistent... Some yeah. scenes it, his hair looked brown, and then the next it was, like, dark red. Yeah. And then, that's something I never noticed when I was a kid. I don't know yeah. why. Um, there was a lot of really cool, like, comic booky shots, like the mask with the rose petals at the end. Mm -hmm. And then, like, pretty much any of the scenes with, like, the roses and, like, yeah. him clutching it and, like, 
it looked like it, he made the rose bleed almost. Yeah, and then uh, that scene too where his dad's like getting the shit beat out of him. Mm -hmm. When he's like backing up as he's crawling away the way that shot was angled. That yeah. was like a comic book panel too. Yeah. A lot of those shots where the like, camera was like kind of crooked. Yeah, like that court scene at the beginning. Yeah, that's like a fucking comic book thing. Yeah, no, 100%. I don't, so... Based off of what I know about Daredevil, I don't think he kills, does he? I honestly don't know. I mean, he does in this movie for sure. I think that's what I always assumed he did because of this movie. Because mm -hmm. I don't really know anything outside of it. So I just assumed he killed people. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's 100% against it. I just th think of him as more of like a moral uh, character than... Like, yo, let's just go fucking murk a fool. Yeah. Is there, like, a rule that we don't know of that he has, like a Batman? I'm not sure. See, that's the thing I'm not sure, because he literally grows up in a Catholic church. Yeah. Like, in, in the comics, his mom is one of the nuns that ends up taking care of him. And they they explore that in the TV show, mm -hmm. and it's actually, like, a really interesting part of it. And there's kind of a quick shot. Or that you, at least you pointed out. Yeah. Of her. Yeah, and her the credits uh, just uh, list her as none, but I don't, I don't know. It's just uh, an assumption and like a connection I got because I watched the yeah. show and the show did like a fantastic job of filling in some holes that I didn't understand. Right. Back when I was a little kid, there was also a lot of stuff I didn't notice, like. Uh, Obviously, I'm a Kevin Smith, like... Fanatic? Yes. I was going to say Stan, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but uh, he has a whole fucking scene in this movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. But when I saw it, I remember seeing that as a kid. And like I was telling you, like, back then, <laughs> I didn't know who the fuck he was. I just thought he was just some random fat dude. <laughs> Honestly, I will... This might sound weird, but I feel like he had... Close to the best scene in the movie. Just because, like, it was the only thing that didn't feel ridiculously over the top. It was just him. Yeah. It was just, just him. And I, I don't know what it is about the dude's personality. It's just, it's so easy to, like, just fall into what he's saying and be like, okay, cool, this is happening. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Whereas, like, a lot of the dialogue in the movie was really hard to sit through. Yeah. Uh, that romance scene on the rooftop was, it hurt. Yeah. It, there was no reason. Nope. It was just, it turned into a fucking, like, a chick flick all of a sudden. Yeah. For the five minutes, and all of a sudden, I gotta go. Yeah, even the, the over, like, the dialogue you are saying, like, the over, overly dramatic, romantic yeah. stuff that doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And another big thing, like, there's a lot of things in here that time has, I don't know if you can say fixed, but helped. Um, like, John Favreau is fucking on top of the world right now, and he played fucking, he literally was, like, essentially his sidekick. Yeah. And not even, like, his sidekick fighting crime, like... His sidekick as a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and then oh, just seeing the way his career has blown up over the years. I remember seeing him on Friends. 
he wanted to be a UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden he directs the first Iron Man movie, and now he's... I really hope he takes over Star Wars, but he is a big part of the Star Wars franchise. It almost so. seems like it's heading in that direction, but I really, we can only hope. Really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the chemistry between uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, like... You can understand why he left Jennifer Lor Jennifer Lopez just based on like some of those scenes they had together, minus the yeah. playground scene. Yeah, it seemed it seemed legit. Yeah, it didn't seem forced. It, it was like it was like, it reminded me of like Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield and the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, it was like legit chemistry. It was but, the opposite of Geely. Yeah, <laughs> Turkey time. <laughs> gobble gobble. gobble. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but that Corey that uh, fucking playground scene with the seesaws, overly choreographed. Very, too too many pauses in it, too, to where there's, yeah. like, too much dialogue going on in the middle of it. It's very stiff. Yep. It's very, like, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, it, two, it three. Definitely, it definitely, it, it fits the time it came out in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really does. It's a product of its time. Yeah. A and, lot of it is. A lot of it makes sense now that we looked at some of the credits uh, for the director, too. Yeah. Because he also directed Ghost Rider. Yeah. Uh, which did... We gotta do that sometime. I agree. <laughs> and that one didn't fare much better. No. Um, uh, well, everybody who was in this movie, who's still alive, mm -hmm. has become so much of a better actor since this came out. Yeah. Colin Farrell. I honestly feel like this was also in the middle of a lot of them blowing up, which yeah, is the only reason this movie was made. Yeah, it was the when they started hitting that upward fucking trajectory. Yeah. Because what what was Colin Farrell in before this? Was in Bruges before? Oh, that after? was after. Yeah. I think in Bruges, if I'm not mistaken, it was 2009. Okay. I know it was after this for sure because this was 2003. Okay, so. Let's see if I'm right on that. I've been right before. Yeah, I'm, you've been surprising me. So, In Bruges is 2008. Damn it! <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> no, you, you pretty much are like spot on the rest of the time though, so I don't even think that's fair. I guess Alexander was after uh, Daredevil. 2005? 2004. One year. Uh, SWAT was the same year. Like, <laughs> oh. a couple months later. Okay. Uh, he was really busy back in the day. Phone Booth was before this. I remember that. That's a good movie. Minority Report. Okay. I honestly don't really remember him in there very much. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't think there's anything else I would recognize him in from before that. After after Daredevil, his big ones are SWAT, Alexander, uh, Miami Vice. Okay, remember that one? Uh, With Jimmy Fox and him? Yeah. Uh, in Bruges. I never watched Pride and Glory, but apparently that's him and Edward Norton. Okay. Uh, he was in the Imaginarium of uh, Dr. Parnassus. I think he was one of the people that kind of took over for Heath Ledger after he passed away. Okay. In that role, because I think it was him, Johnny Depp, and Heath Ledger all played, like, the same character. Okay. 
Um, and then... After that, the Horrible Bosses, I guess, would be the next really big one. And then Total Recall, Seven Psychopaths. Dude, he has too many acting credits. <laughs> oh, and The Gentleman last year. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that one. But he was... This might just be my opinion, but I feel like he was atrocious in this movie. No, he was. There's no <laughs> question about it. He really went over the top. He handed up. He, uh... Yeah. I don't... There, I don't know if there's anything else to say. Yeah. He... I was surprised they went with the Irish accent. Especially because, like... They never explicitly said which version of Bullseye he is. Because mm -hmm. the Poindexter version from the Daredevil TV show is the shit. Okay. And he's like an FBI agent at first and everything, and then he like... He's not on the nose. Yeah. And like... The, the backstory for that is fucking beautiful. Like, especially the way they executed in the TV show. Like, if there's anything I would recommend you to watch, like... It's just season three of Daredevil. Season okay. two is fantastic as well because of the Punisher, but yeah. the storytelling for Bullseye is fantastic. Okay. Um, it actually almost made me, like, really root for him at certain points. Like, it, it was weird. Okay. Um, Unlike this one, especially the fucking airport <laughs> scene oh. <laughs> when he's walking through security. He, like, looks this dog down and the dog, like, whimpers. Like, yeah. <laughs> the security dog. Yeah, when he's doing that thing with the paperclip in his mouth, yeah. it made me uncomfortable. I don't understand what it was for, though. Like, and just like oh, in case he needed to do the neck thing to somebody else, like he did oh. that dude in the bar, threw the safety pin into his uh, neck. Where where was that bar supposed to be at? Because it definitely wasn't Ireland. No, because that dude didn't have no unless he was like some sort of tourist. <laughs> Because uh, they were playing House of Pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everything about that was just like trying to like push the Irish onto her. Oh, yeah. And like like I said, I didn't realize, like when I was a kid, I didn't really pay attention to his accent. Mm. Now I'm super aware of it. And so like yeah. anytime I know that a actor or actress has an accent and they're playing in a role that would seem like it doesn't require it, I really pay attention to mm -hmm. see if they slip up. Like, uh, Hugh Lowry, is that his name? From Hugh Lowry, yeah. yeah. Um, you, like, never notice him in House slip up. No. Because he's, like, a perfectionist when it comes to it. Well, those British actors, they're, like, trained. Some of them. They're classy as fuck. Yes. Like, whereas, like, Andrew Lincoln, though, in The Walking Dead... There's a few times where I'm like, oh, I can fucking hear it. Yeah, I don't even care about him anyway. Coral. Coral! Coral! <laughs> <laughs> but I also want to watch Devil all the time now just to see if uh, Tom Holland slips up. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. I'm, I'm still, I still don't buy him as that character, but it's just a trailer so far. So Apparently, people are losing their minds over him in that role, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, from the reviews. Curious to see it. Yeah. And when does that come out? Is that should have been today? I honestly don't remember. I'll have to check out yeah. for a bit. But, um, and then 
So yeah, I, I feel like Colin Farrell was definitely the low point in this movie. Uh, I was surprised to see them give like let him use his actual accent, but even then, it almost felt like he played it up a little bit. Yeah, it felt really strong, and then when he would get like really grunty, it would like disappear. Um, and he'd get like super aroused when he like rubbed the bulls out oh of his forehead, <laughs> or like especially right after he fucking threw the. Uh, paper clip into that dude's neck he literally looked like he was like having a moment yeah. he seemed like he was it looked like his O face yeah. uh, there's a lot of O faces in this movie the white contacts for Ben Affleck make him look like he's constantly coming and <laughs> <laughs> like, his face too he like like this <laughs> Because he has to look like he's looking off into the space, and it's, it's the most awkward thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and then the other scene where the, he's there, the, he's in the airplane. Yeah. And the old lady's talking, and he gets her to shut up, and he's all, oh. He, like, starts twitching. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely made me uncomfortable. He's, uh, there's also the scene where he stabs Electra. Yeah. And, like, kisses her at the same time in, like, a really weird, like, half kiss. Yeah, it's, there's a, it's close up, too. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. I will say I don't understand why that uh, director's cut was rated R. I don't, because that, that one glaring thing that happened was at the biker bar <laughs> when that chick's, like, flashing. <laughs> you see the side boob. You but, you see underneath yeah. when it first starts, and then you see the side. No nipple. None at all. It's just like skin. It They had to CG the nipple yeah. out, which makes me wonder why. For a rated R cut? If you're already getting a rated R, why spend the money to... Yeah, just let it... Also, why was that necessary? <laughs> like, That's the thing with this movie. There's <laughs> so much shit that was like unnecessary in this thing. Yes. It was... Zero to a hundred every three seconds. Yeah. And then back to zero. Yeah. And then down to like negative 20 for the soft scenes. Yeah. And then it was all over the place. Like script wise. Okay. So it didn't have a bad story. The dialogue is what really hurts this movie. Yeah. And the direction. The dialogue, some of the... Just the fight choreography, um, that solo scene with like an Electro when she's training, and then Evanescence don't, song comes on. Do not do And it. then there's fucking sandbags that come oh. from the ceiling out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, where are those coming from? That, I will say though, that probably had better choreography than that playground scene. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, we can make like another a podcast just based on that. The, uh, the playground scene? Yeah. Yeah. An analysis of that. Oh. That was awful. Oh, yeah. But, yes, yeah, so... I didn't fully understand why she'd be training in, like, her penthouse loft. With sandbags. With like, Evanescence playing in the background. And, like, doing it to the beat. Yeah. And that's the part that really made me cringe. I'm also curious how they film scenes like that. Like, do they play the track and have her go along to it? Or do they, like... I think for something like that, when she's like, when it's obvious she's on point with the music, uh -huh. then they, I'm, I would assume they would have to have uh, played that. 
while they were filming it. It makes sense. Yeah. It's just like, stuff like that always like, throws me off, like especially when you get it to a soundtrack and like, do they know the soundtrack all the time before they make the movie though? The requirement to be cast in this movie is you gotta listen to Evanescence every day. That, the soundtrack was super, like, pre-2005. Yeah, it was, it was, didn't age well. No. Just like everything else in the movie, it's a product of its time. Yeah. I mean, most movies are. There are very But that's, like, very specific. Like, the 2000s, that's like a, I don't know, there's something different about it. It was Drowning Pool. Hobastank. Two Evanescence songs, and then the Drowning Pool song also had Rob Zombie, but it was the, the you even said that the kid, <laughs> <laughs> the kid bully at the beginning, <laughs> like he looks like he listens to Papa <laughs> And they were very much big at that time, oh, 2003. I'm honestly surprised they weren't on the soundtrack. Like. That was the time for them. I remember, I remember burning CDs when I was a little kid. Like every fucking album I burnt had a fucking Papa Roach song. It was either Scars or Last Resort. I was a pretty big Papa Roach fan. I for a while there, their album "Getting Away with Murder." Getting away with murder. Yeah, I had. I listened to that like every day. Did you ever listen to the Paramore Sessions? Yeah, I, I had that album too. I, I think that was probably my favorite album. Yeah, and ever. after that, it kind of like dipped. Metamorphosis was. It was alright. It wasn't what it could have been. Yeah. But, uh, quick side note, just following that. Do you ever watch his TV show, Scarred? Oh, yeah. I watch Dude. that, like, all the time. Oh, my <laughs> God. And then did you hear his song with Nothing More? I don't think so. I think so. it's called Don't Is it newer? Stop. It's, like, three, maybe four years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's called Don't Stop. I'll have to show don't you. Don't stop believing. No, just don't stop. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. I don't know. Something. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, the music dates it. The cinematography dates it. Yeah, and like I was telling you, like while we're watching it too, like a lot of those movies post Spider Man Two, like uh, Daredevil, Electra, Catwoman, they all have similar, if not the same, cinematography. I will say this really quick, just as yeah. a side note. If you ever try to make me review Catwoman, I'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that's a... Trash. Atrocity. Yes. But Halle Berry was cool about it because she actually accepted her razzing. Uh, that was... I'm trying to think of the right words. That was just... It was classy. Yeah, that was. It, she could have easily been like, fuck you guys. Yeah, but she knew it was shit. Oh. Everyone there knew it was shit. And she, like, made a vow to never make a movie like that again. And then she made something worse with movie 43. Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah, that's a, that's a topic oh. for another time. That movie hurts my soul. But, like you said, another time. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to go off on a fucking... I can talk about movie 43 for the next hour. Dude, that shit was awful. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm sorry, my brain hurts right now. <laughs> that just really blocked me. Um, <clears throat> that fight scene in the bar in the beginning... Felt cartoony. Uh, the biker bar? Yeah. Okay, when he's like, just up in the fucking... Using the ceiling fan to deflect bullets. 
uh, he, he's literally getting blasted at and has no marks on him. And then somehow there's just fucking perfect, like, just fires on each pool table. They looked so fake. It's just like, there was there just for him to walk through to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. I, also, right before that chick flashed the screen, didn't they pour, like, alcohol right behind the tires? Yeah, because they were going to burn out and it was going to, like... But it never happened, right? Never happened. Okay, I was going to say, because I was it's like... like, let's set something up and then never do it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's one of those, like, uh, what is it, Chekhov's gun or whatever it is? Yeah. Like, if you introduce something, you need to do it. Otherwise, it's like, you feel like there's an, like, emptiness or just, like, something could always, like, go off. Mm. And there's a bunch of random shit like that, too. Like, that scene where it showed the nun taking care of him when he was a kid, that showed up just out of nowhere. That was a five-second scene? Five seconds, and then when he's in the church, all of a sudden, there's him seeing a bus drive through the middle of the, I'm like, where the fuck is So, there was that, and there was also the scene, uh, right after he lost his eyesight, and he's in the hospital room, and, like, shit's, like, going through the hospital room, I'm like, I understand that he lost his sight. Yeah. And then he has amplified hearing, but it shouldn't make him feel like a fucking Mack truck is going through a fucking church. Yeah. Or buses going through a hospital room like yeah but at least like kind of explain well not explain but you can understand why that happened in the hospital in the when hospital, he's in the church yes. it just happened yeah well, like, when, when he's in the hospital it's like sensory overload yeah but as he gets older like there's no reason for him to especially if he's able to walk around and do everything perfectly fine yeah. there's no reason for him to like feel like this fucking Mack truck is in the church with him yeah it, it, was, it was off-putting. It didn't make logical sense to yeah. me. Yeah. But... And then when it first, when they first introduced that uh, second plot, when he's about to get into that bath, and then that chick's just crawling across the floor, didn't explain it at first. You're just like, what the fuck is that? It was super weird, because yeah. I was like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was something that I just didn't pay attention to in the movie, because, mm -hmm. like, there's not a whole lot that really separates it. It just happens. Because a lot of those scenes blend together, the director's cut scenes and the uh, theatrical, sorry, the theatrical version. They yeah. kind of blend together. It almost feels like... They're not really smooth transitions for the most part. Really. Yeah. It's like... They cut parts of those director's cut scenes out that reference the subplot and kept the rest of it in there. Yeah. Um... So yeah, first thing you get with the director's cut is that chick like crawling on the floor after getting shot. Mm-hmm. And then the, <laughs> the next thing you get is uh, Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson, or they call him Franklin Nelson in the movie, uh, walking in to meet their new client, mm -hmm. <laughs> who is uh, Coolio. <laughs> and... Like, why? That first scene he was in, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be stupid. Because, like, he just, it he didn't feel like he was playing it in any specific way. No. He just... Felt... It was just, he was probably just him being himself. Yeah. It just felt weird. Yeah. But later in the uh, courtroom, he actually made me laugh a couple <laughs> yeah, times. with a shotgun stuff. <laughs> He's like, you don't own a gun, do you? He's like, no. Would you ever own a, a handgun? No. And he says it all confident. He's like, no, sir. And yeah. then he walks away, he's like, but a shotgun, though. He's like, you got fucking buckshot with that shit. Just make that shit spray go. It's everything in front of it. 
And he's like, okay, that's enough, thank yeah. you. Uh, and then, uh, so going from the introduction scene there, after that, they break into the girl's house who died. Yeah, uh, Matt Murdock and John Favreau, they break in to investigate and find out and stuff, and... John Favreau is, like, constantly, like, touching shit, but then he's, like, wiping it right <laughs> after. It's knocking all the yeah. heads down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he... Matt Murdock feels around the table and sees the... What he writes down is M-O-M-6-8. Yeah. Um, and then later you find out is the initials for that one douchey dude. And the date yeah. is eight nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. Um, I am curious. I want to meet a blind person because obviously it's not that like cartoonish level of like yeah. extra hearing and shit. Yeah. But like, I have heard that people do legit have like better sense of touch and better sense of hearing yeah. if they lose their eyesight. Mm. I'm kind of curious just to like sit down with a blind person and be like, hey, if you had your eyesight before, like, how much do you feel like it changed? Right. Because, I, I don't know, it just, I want to know how believable something like that would be. Because there's no way a dude is fucking jumping off a building and landing on a catwalk and his knees being perfectly fine, let alone being able to find the catwalk <laughs> if he's that blind. But, uh, I, I don't know. There's... What was the next scene for the uh, director's cut stuff that was not in the original? Was it when they go back, go back to that little office they work at and you see their secretary? Karen Page, who was, I don't remember from the original. I don't, but was that the next... Uh, yes, okay. I believe so. Yeah. And I don't really remember what they discuss about it at all. I just remember the basketball. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I do remember the scene in the original movie where he catches the basketball thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything leading up to it. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the secretary. I don't... They, yeah, I don't think the secretary. It was just showed them sitting down talking to each other. Well, it was weird because I was looking at the IMDb and it shows that she was in there. Huh. Well, outside of the director's cut. But I do not remember her. But it's also been forever since I've seen that movie. Um, and then uh, Foggy Nelson tries to shoot the ball into the hoop and he misses and he's all swish. And then fucking Ben Affleck grabs the ball and just like flicks it over his shoulder and, and it's goes like, right in. Whoosh. Um. After that goes to court scene. Yeah, cause I believe was, so. Yes. Yeah, and that was the. F <laughs> they try to pull a sympathy card with the jury, and make it look like he doesn't know where he's walking or where he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> where he's looking. And then he tries to sit him in a seat and pretends that he doesn't know that it's not there. <laughs> um. Like I think the movie did comedy fairly well. And then there was also scenes that weren't supposed to be laughed at that I had to laugh at. Yeah, and there was almost, like, comedy, like, in places where it didn't need to be, either, too. Yeah. I noticed. A lot. Yeah. Like, when they're, playground scene again, but when 
they're literally sitting there like throwing hands and he's like, would you quit hitting me? Like, and he said it in a way that was like, was meant to be comical, <laughs> but it was like, I don't know what the fuck you're expecting in this situation. And then before when they're walking there, the way she says, I don't like to be touched. That was funny. Yeah. I don't like to be touched. Or the funerals. <laughs> oh fuck, the look that she the gives him. There's like three different emotions in that one look. It was pretty good. He was like, whatever, I don't want to deal with you, along with like a... Surprised. And uh, I don't know what... Like, It was hard to read because it just felt like she was being like really flippant and being like almost like clueless level, like stuck up. The way her eyebrows went up. Went up. <laughs> I was like, She's like okay. okay. <laughs> like that's another one of those things where like, you could tell there was a clear loss of direction in certain scenes. Yeah. Because anybody with integrity would have been like, no, we're running that over again. That looked fucking distracting. Yeah, because there's a lot, there's a lot to say about uh, physical acting. Yes. Not just giving dialogue, but how you react to stuff. Physically, yeah, shit that that's important. Like, I like don't get me wrong. I've never practiced or been trained, but I think I'd have a better range of motion with my face in a situation like that in yeah. a response. Yeah, because all it is is you just if you're given a piece of dialogue that should make you react a certain way, it shouldn't be that hard to react that way. Yeah, like do what you feel like you would naturally do. Yeah, but don't. Try to overexpose it, like, yeah. or give a completely different reaction yeah. to what would be the, the logical one. Like someone shoots your fucking dog and you start laughing. And you're it like, makes no fucking sense. Okay. Yeah. No, you go John Wick on a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, you don't go Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> in the... You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Funny story, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Fucking, I still have never seen the room. Wow, you gotta see that shit. I I know. I I gotta watch the Disaster Artist still too though. That's I, I want to watch the room. And you gotta watch. Yeah, you gotta watch them first, and then. I've seen so many clips from the room where I'm like, I'm like, oh, the Daredevil is a good movie. <laughs> it's an experience. Oh my god, yeah. The, uh, the room can almost make anything look at least serviceable. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm trying to think, there was a movie I saw years ago that was like so awfully done, I think I'd probably rather watch The Room every night to go to bed. Really? Compared to watching that one more time. Mm. I just wish I could remember what it was. I think I tried to scrub it from my brain. <laughs> um, is there a scene from when you're a kid that sticks with you from that movie? From Daredevil? Yes. Um... I don't know, there's quite a bit, honestly. I think when he first when he first emerges in that biker bar, mm -hmm. I remember that a lot. Okay. Uh, the subway is a big yeah. one, too. Uh, the double Ds and the fire. Yeah. And then the uh, him, like, holding on to the cross. Mm. Oh, and by the way, that's another comic book panel. Yes. When, uh, the reporter dude's looking at the double D's and it's like reflecting the glasses. Mm -hmm. That was like a comic book panel. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I will say the movie did well is like 
it gave you those comic booky shots that yeah. you don't get in a lot of movies. Yeah, I know when those shots weren't done to the point where it's like super like in your face, but you can tell that they're there. Yeah, but that's that's the weird part. Everything else in the movie felt like it was in your face, <laughs> except those. Those were very tastefully done. Those were yeah, something you recognize and you can just appreciate it. Yeah, like, oh, nice. it literally looks like a main page, like a whole page panel you yeah. would see. Yeah. Where it's like leading off into the next section mm -hmm. or like you see it to be continued. Yeah. At the bottom. Like it felt, it didn't feel misplaced. Right. Um, I, I know we already went over that, the mask and the rose petals, but like that one specifically to me, like especially if you put that in like a super bright red, mm -hmm. like that would be idyllic like panel yeah. to me that was just like beautifully set up and like you see the blood like just kind of like draining into it and it was mm -hmm. kind of crazy yeah um like i love that shot um but I, I just i don't get how someone can have such a visual eye for things like that but not pay attention to like the stiff movements and the rest of it well yeah he, he he's definitely a more uh Style over substance, I'd I, say. I think that was his first directing gig. Oh. Oh, not to say he never did, like, a little indie project, but, like... And to be fair, like, even if that was, like, say, like, my first directing gig, I'd want to be, like, super, like, on point as, as much as I could to, like, make sure everyone's doing what they need to. Yeah. Make sure the story's good. But. Well, you would think a studio with that big of characters, like, I understand that comic books weren't as big as they were or are now back then like yeah, movie comic movies, wise, those genre movies. Yeah. like the the comic book adaptation wasn't the almighty dollar like yeah. it is now but you think you would try to hand something like that off to a like higher ranking director mm. like the way they've done with James Gunn or your uh Oh, what, what's the guy's name who directed Shazam? He's done a bunch of horror movies. Oh, David Ness... David F. Sandberg. Yes. People with some prestige. James Wan for Aquaman. Your people Patty who, Jenkins, Jenkins for Wonder Woman. She did Monster. Yes, like, people who are proven for these big things that... You could already see they were trying to plant seeds for a sequel. Yeah. And... Which I wish we would have gotten. <laughs> I, I don't know, like I said before, I don't think I could handle the cheese factor in a sequel like that. Yeah. But it would have been fun to watch, especially as a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, Looking back on it now, I just don't think I can handle more cheese than what I saw tonight. It's like, it's, it's amazing, like, how much shit, like, you just, like, don't pay attention to when you're a kid. You just think everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly never thought I would see a... Daredevil movie, even when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I was only nine years old when it came out. Yeah. Before that, it sounded like a fairy tale. Right. Because I remember watching the uh, Spider-Man cartoon and all the Daredevil crossover episodes made yeah. me so fucking happy. Yeah. I really wish at a certain point that we... That is my picture-perfect team-up movie. Spider-Man and Daredevil? Going up against Kingpin. Type. Just because, like, I saw that episode, those episodes so many times when I was a kid in the original Spider-Man cartoon, where I'm like, 
if I could get like Tom Holland and Charlie Cox who played him in the TV show mm -hmm. and keep Vincent D'Onofrio, I'm all in. Right. And then you can bring in a couple other villains to like make it feel more like dire and yeah. like higher stakes. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with Daredevil now. Whether they stick with Charlie Cox or they go in a completely different direction. I almost feel like, just because I feel like they'd probably want to make him PG-13, they'd probably have to go a different actor because that actor is... That almost feels like a different universe anyway. Yeah. It just sucks because they actually like built a pretty decent universe. Yeah. I will say the lowest part of that universe... So... The lowest part of that universe is the Defenders, but like the yeah. lowest, the least interesting character to most people was Iron Fist. Yeah, I heard that didn't do good at all. I personally enjoyed it, but it was definitely the weakest. Okay. Jessica Jones was far better. Okay. Uh, Luke Cage was, I'll say right below Jessica Jones, but Daredevil was at the top and Punisher was number two. Right. Uh, Punisher, I know I said this during the movie, but, like, John Barenthal is the shit as Punisher. Because <laughs> yeah. he plays it just like Shane from The Walking Dead. Like, when The Walking Dead was still good. Have you seen him in The uh, Accountant? Yes. Yeah, he's getting that too. Him and fucking Ben Affleck, his brothers. I didn't believe it, just because, like... There's really look, no resemblance yeah. at all. But, I mean... Dude, they played in that movie, like, perfectly. That's together. a good movie. It was fantastic. Yeah. Ben Affleck has evolved so much as an actor since Daredevil. Like, watching him in Gone Girl and then The Accountant. The Accountant blew my mind, and it got me that much more excited for Batman. Yeah. The Town. The Town. Which he directed and wrote, too. Yes. Um, I mean, you see his dramatic roles, like, with Gone Girl and with... Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And he wasn't even, like, the emotional crutch for the movie. He was, like, the main character's best friend. Yeah. And do you know that movie is based on his dad? Really? That's what he says. Um, But, like, seeing him evolve through all of his stuff, he only really has, like, two heavily looked down upon roles. Geely. Jer Jersey Girl's a close third. <laughs> um, but yeah, Geely and Daredevil. Yeah. I remember all the backlash when he was cast as Batman. Everyone was there like... There was so much fucking backlash. And it was just because of Daredevil. Yep. Everyone was like, he already fucked up in one superhero role. Why would, would we trust him with another one? And Most people don't realize... Yeah. Dude, like... Especially looking at the size difference between the Daredevil he played and the Batman he played. That Batman he played was fucking... He had a level of brutality I haven't seen in almost anything. Yeah. He played it so well. Um, I'll never be able to get over that fight scene in the warehouse because it was just perfection. But... It definitely... It's another one of those things, like I said, like... You can tell that it wasn't his fault with the choreography because mm -hmm. he can follow choreography to a T yeah. with Batman vs Superman and as you get older you can't move as quickly 
Which I, I do I do think he followed this choreography to a T too, but he's just shit it was choreography. The, it was the context, the choreography, the whole situation in general was yeah. like shit. And but that's the thing, it's it's not even I, I don't know how to describe it. It's They gave him very little to work with. Yes. And then the one thing we haven't touched on, I know it's a product of its time. But the effects were fucking horrible. Yeah. Every time he jumped from like ledge to ledge, it was like 15 feet longer than it should have been. Yep. And it looked like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time from like 2005. There was definitely uh, that typical superhero, like fantastical, like shit added to it. Yeah. To where if you would have made a Daredevil movie now, like, that shit probably wouldn't be in there. Yeah. <sighs> I would enjoy a more grounded Daredevil like we got with the TV show. Yeah, and like what what it looks like we're gonna get in the Batman, like something like that, like a Daredevil movie like that. I've really been trying not to like compare it too much because like nothing in my mind holds up right now because of that. Like real quick, just because we did say it that this is why I wanted to avoid it. The movie has started filming again. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson has recovered from COVID and hallelujah. Yeah. Um, the, back to the movie, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, I could... That's the good jizz, news for yeah, the week. I could jizz in my pants for, like, a week yeah. over that. Um, but those effects really took me out of it. I really wish I was the age I am now and watched it when that technology was current to see if I felt that way then. If yeah, that that's sense. definitely a hard one to say. Because everything looks cool until you look 10 years in the past and you're like, oh, that was dog shit too. And there's that scene too where he's standing on the building like in the Daredevil suit looking out and you can tell it's a green <laughs> screen and there's just a weird blue light in front of him like that splashes. I don't yeah. know what the fuck that was supposed to be. And then you go to movies like Avengers Infinity War when they're all in Titan. Mm -hmm. There's no way that's practical. No, but it looks good. It looks real. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't look like a paper background. Like those buildings almost looked like made from paper. Yeah. Like, it was that bad. And you know what's funny, too, is, like, the effects in the first Spider-Man when he's doing shit were, like, better than Daredevil. No, and that was, like... 2002. I guess that was only one year before, but still. But, yeah, like... Uh, I'm gonna look up the budget real quick okay. for both of those movies, because Spider-Man was leaps and bounds better than yeah. Daredevil. Um, Maybe they gave him, them a bigger budget, because it is a more known IP. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's true. Um, but, I, I don't know. I just... I feel like it could have... It could have done better with what it got. Especially now that I see how much uh, money they had to work with. Yeah. $75 million. Oh, yeah. And then Spider-Man? That had to have been like 100-something. 90-something. Back then. Movie budget was. Uh, let, let me see which one it's trying to tell me here. Okay, yeah, 
almost double. <laughs> it's literally one million off. No. Uh, so 75 plus 75 is what? 100 and... That'd be 150? No. So it's over 100,000 budget. Yeah, so it's 139 million. Million? 139 million dollar budget for Spider-Man. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Um, it's... I didn't think it would be that drastic, but, I mean... I think it all has to do with the IP, because they, they probably didn't want to take too big of a chance on Daredevil, like, financially, because... Yeah. It, it made $825 million Daredevil box, uh Spider-Man. And then yeah. Dare, Daredevil uh, box office was $179 million. Yeah, see, they, if they would have <laughs> went, like, 100-something million budget, they would have been fucked. I mean, by any metric, that's a success. Yeah. Because it literally made $100 million. Yeah. The only thing that might hurt that is marketing budget, but, I mean, it's, a, even today I think that would be considered pretty much a success, because yeah. no one's going to turn their nose up at a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, sadly, you could make a better movie for $75 million now, but. No, dude, that's a Blumhouse formula, they make a movie for like 15, 20 million and make a hundred million. Sometimes it's not even that much. Yeah, sometimes not even that much. Freaking, uh. Just because it made me think of it. I'm going to look it up real quick, but how much do you think the budget was for Napoleon Dynamite? Ooh. That's a good one. Take not even 100 million. That, um, no, not even 50 million. 5 million? You're way too high. 800,000? 400,000. Damn. And I honestly thought it was lower than that. And you know how much it made? Huh? 46.1. Yeah, that's a major payday. <laughs> yeah, that's literally like <laughs> multiplying your money by 10 and then some. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Um, I will say I'm kind of sad nothing happened with John Heater after Blades of Glory, though. <laughs> Yeah, even after Napoleon Dynamite, he started picking like some pretty questionable yeah. shit. It was cool, like it, like cool back at the time, like Bench Warmers. Bench Warmers was yeah. fantastic. You know they made a second one? Yeah, it didn't bother. It is horrible. Yeah. I tried. It was so bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Like maybe this will get Chris Klein back on the map. No. Nope. Worst thing I've seen in so long. Um. But then, uh, I, I don't know. Was there anything that stuck out to you this time while watching the movie? Um, just all the weird, like, I want to say mistakes, but, uh, just weird choices, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, it was also kind of interesting to kind of look back at, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Because... I remember seeing him in a bunch of stuff when I was growing up and being like, dude, that guy would scare the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. Like, he's ginormous. Yeah. Like, especially if you're going to race bend a character like Kingpin, that was the perfect pick. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know any white guy who could even play it that well, except for maybe, like, Butterbean. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I don't know who else they could have even gone right. for. Um, 
And then me and you were talking, it's been eight years since he passed away. Yeah, which is crazy, which it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah, because we I were, thought it was three years ago. Because we were still in high school. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Is there anything else you kind of want to touch on with this review? Or overlook, I guess? I like to think of I think we hit all the points. Yeah. It, it, was, it was scrambled, but like... <laughs> yeah. There's like so much shit going on in that the, movie. It's hard to stay like with like in order. Well, everything in the movie makes me think of another thing, and I'm like, there's just so much going on, and so little direction. Yeah. That it just it scrambled my brain. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I think we'll just leave it there for now. Mm -hmm. If you had to give it a score out of ten, what would you give it? Out of ten. Yeah. I don't think this is too harsh, but like a 5.5. Okay, I'm giving it a 4. I can respect that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really expected a lot more, especially because it was the director's cut. Yeah, you would think like there was some interesting shit they cut out, but it really wasn't. <laughs> no, it, it was perfectly fine being left out of the movie. Yeah. I will say I was happy with the Frank Miller cameo, which was super brief and then the Kevin Smith yeah. pop-up made me happy yeah I think that's the only reason it might be sitting a little higher than yours <laughs> yeah just that one probably um it's just I, I don't know like I, I can't get over a lot of those decisions the a lot of the direction was questionable a lot of the dialogue was god-awful yeah the only things that really brought it up for me were the chemistry between uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner and honestly anything Favreau's in I like uh, or he makes it at least more likable yeah uh, he just has like a personality where like his sarcasm can make or break something yeah um, and I'd also say some of the stylistic shots like the comic book shots we're talking about even though like that wasn't it didn't happen all the time because anything else other than that was just kind of typical cinematography yeah. for back then. But the stylistic shots were cool. Yeah, no, I agree, for sure. Uh, th those were definitely like the higher points. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that can be done to make a better movie. Yeah. And since the ball will be in Disney's court now. I guess time will tell. Yeah. I don't think they'll do a Daredevil show on Disney Plus. Yeah. Because it'd be too dark. Mm. I'm surprised they did Mandalorian, honestly. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I guess the best uh, way to gauge that would be wait for WandaVision to come out in a couple months. Mm -hmm. And then see how, see the tone of that before I kind of judge where they might go with that. Yeah. Um, I desperately hope Marvel decides to go forward with another Daredevil, just so I can see whether it's a continuation or a whole new reboot. Yeah. Just because he is a great character with great motivations, and you can do a lot with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, any uh, closing thoughts? No, I think we're good. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, if you guys wouldn't mind, just please... Uh, Follow us on Facebook, 
Twitter, Instagram, and uh, subscribe on uh, YouTube, please. It'll help us a lot. And leave a like on uh, all whatever platform you're watching on. And make sure to watch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then uh, stay tuned for the next one. My name is Anthony Stevens. Damien Leba. Peace. Peace.